thewellnesscouch.com, streaming wellness into your lives. Pull up a rock by the campfire. It's time for that paleo show with your hosts, Sarah Stewart, Steve Hayter, and the man with no shoes, Brett Hill. that paleo show making the paleo lifestyle easy and accessible for everyone i'm sarah stewart i'm steve hater and i'm brett hill today we are thrilled to have our good mate jen from rumbles paleo back on the show to talk about her very exciting project which she will share more about shortly most of us know jen as one part of the amazing rumbles crew the special peeps that make delectable paleo treats that are totally drool-worthy, as well as good for you. But that's not all that this busy lady has been up to. Jen is on a mission to create a worldwide epidemic of conscious-minded children who live in a realm of their higher actualized selves and who take over the universe and transform it into a wonderland of love, light and spectacularity. Wow. Well, here to tell us more is the beautiful Jen. Welcome back. Oh, thanks for having me. Yeah, I'm coining some of my own words there. (laughs) (laughs) Just making stuff up as I go along. Nothing like a self-promotion. We're all for it, Jen. (laughs) We've been very eagerly watching on the social media scene while you've been busily working towards your goal. Can you tell us and our listeners about what you've been up to since we spoke last. Um, So since we spoke last, we've been working really hard at Rumble's Paleo to keep providing Australia with some amazing grain-free, gluten-free, dairy-free, awesome, full snacks. So (laughs) we've been expanding across the country and we're in Queensland, New South Wales, South Australia now, and next year we'll be going countrywide. So just been concentrating a lot of my effort on there and also writing these kids' books based on our mascot, which is that awesome cave kid you see on our logo. His name is Boomy. Now, it's spelled B-U-M-I. Lots of people say bummy and that's totally fine. But it's actually Indonesian and it means earth. So Brian actually designed our little mascot because he used to be a graphic designer. And when I saw that, because I'm actually an ex-primary school teacher, I went, holy moly, I'm so going to create a story about this guy. And so that's what I've been doing in the background as well. Wow. That's fantastic. So cool. <laughs> I hope that answers the question properly. Sure does. <laughs> Good. You go, Brett. All right. I love this book. I'm just going to say it right up the front. I was so excited when you guys sent me the, the original version of this book and uh, and I got a chance to have a read and a review. And uh, obviously, I've got two little kids and, and it's just a beautiful story to be able to share with them. So, where did the story come from, I guess, is the first spot to start? Like, wh- how did this evolve and, and turn into this beautiful book? Um, I, don't, I don't know where the story came from. It, it came from the cosmos, I guess, the universe sent it to me or something like that. Like I said before, when I saw that little cave boy, I um, really wanted to create a story about it and I really wanted, because paleo to me is not just about reverting back to a natural way of eating, it's also reverting back to being our natural selves. And I really wanted to educate kids not just on eating healthy food but also having healthy thoughts, mm-hmm. healthy motives and to live from a space of love and kindness so that we can just create this world of peace and harmony and and full-on joy for absolutely everyone 
So that's where it came from. Someone much much wiser than me, Jen, said that it's easier to, to build wholesome kids rather than fix broken adults. And I really love that that's uh, really evident with what you're doing with this book. And I was really curious reading it as an adult. I was like, there are so many little subtle messages in here. So yeah. um, can you tell us about some of the messages that you wanted to convey in there, perhaps in their complexity, and then how you broke them down for kids? Yeah, absolutely. So the messages in this book come from many, many years of my own self-reflection. And like you said, it's much easier to build resilient kids than it is to fix broken adults. So I guess it came from my own lessons and dealing with my own challenges over the years. And I thought, how can I prevent or to help kids to overcome their challenges a lot more easier than maybe I did? So over my years of reading and just living and reflecting, these are some of the lessons I've used to uh, live a, you know, a happy and full life. So repeat, did I answer the question or do, yep. can you repeat? Yeah, nailed good. Nailed it. <laughs> I went off. I went off on a bit of a tangent. Tangents are good. That's when all the best stuff comes out, Jen. That's awesome. Um, Jen, as a, like a, an ex-primary school teacher myself, like I know I would have absolutely loved to have your book in my classroom and I used to have lots of conversations with people that I guess were maybe a little bit pessimistic and they used to say, oh, you know, I'm glad I'm not growing up in the world anymore and it's too tough and, and kids are terrible and the fact is I, I don't believe that and I don't think yeah. it's the case but I, I just love the message that you're giving because I think what kids don't get enough of is, um, and I guess this is a bit of my own mission, is hearing that who they are is enough and you know yeah. what they are is good enough and I think your story is just so beautiful because it allows kids to have that wonderment through the, the creativity in the book and also the space to, to have that self-discovery and reflection, which is so important. And I guess I'm interested to know, uh, you know, how much of that was motivated by your own experience and how much of it was motivated by, you know, your perceptions of, of what you see with kids these days. Yeah, look, pretty much it comes from my own experience and what I've observed as well. I see, and from what I know of growing up, I see lots of young people trying to be something they're not. They're always trying to be a better friend. They're trying to be prettier, skinnier. They're trying to be smarter. When I think what they need to realize is that they don't need to try to be anything because they already are Mm. all those things and they are enough as they are. And it's when we strive to be something we're not that we start to not like ourselves because we're not comfortable in our own skin anymore because we don't know who to be or how to be because we're not being ourselves. Mm. And so that's what I want kids to know or anyone to know, adults, that you don't have to be anything or go anywhere or do anything. I mean, you know, live your life and have goals and that sort of stuff. But in any given moment, in any present time, you are enough. So that's what I want kids to know so that they're just happy to be themselves and they don't create these issues for themselves in trying to be something they're not. 
I love that. It's uh, such a such a cool message and such an important message. You know, I love the sort of theme throughout the book where where it talks about the hum of the universe and yeah. you know, I think for for different people that probably speaks to different things and you know, to some people that might have I guess a a religious connotation, you know, to other people it might have more of a spiritual connotation, you know, philosophically and from a chiropractic perspective, we talk about often about something called universal intelligence and then yeah. you know, innate intelligence which is sort of the inborn intelligence of the body. And so, you know, where did that come from from your perspective and and also is that something you think is kind of lacking from our modern society i guess that more that sort of spirituality that that core why of the universe yeah yeah look it can be look i kind of compare it to kind of when you think of star wars and george lucas and he speaks of the force for me this is my version of the force it's the hum and it actually comes from my reading i'm a bit of a geek when it comes to quantum physics and i love reading about it and the quantum physicists talk about this energy that keeps our cells and the, the parts of the atoms spinning around. And they call it this field of unlimited potentiality. And it's that energy we can tap into in, in any given moment. And it's that all creative power that we can use to take charge of the present moment and create what we want to. So that hum it's like a power of awesomeness and joy and happiness and amazingness that's available in any given moment. And often we feel the hum or the force, as George Lucas might call it, when we're doing something we love or when we're in nature or when we just feel connected to the world and whatever it is we're doing. So the hum can be, if you look at it from what I was talking about, the quantum physics, it can be quite scientific, but then interpret it as you may from a religious or spiritual perspective as well but the main point of this the hum is that it's a field of of awesomeness that you can just tap into any moment if you choose or if you're if you're present nice (laughs) yep yep yes yes yep 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 you sound like the little dinosaur from the land before time yeah that's great I, I'm totes hearing you. That's fantastic, and I, I love that because the uh, the return to self and that sort of focus on the breathing and stuff like that. Some of the some of the stuff that I that I talk about at Cave Camp yeah. is really uh, great for grounding and centralizing and teaching people to be empowered that they've got the ability to bring these feelings upon themselves to center themselves it's not something that's external that you have to go looking for always in life that you do have these tools within yourself and one of the things that I was really fascinated about in the book where you talk about to smile with your five eyes and uh, I was wondering if you could tell us a little bit about that well I just in if you were to sit for a moment and, you know, you could, everyone can pretend to put a smile on and you can see behind their eyes sometimes that maybe they're not happy. But I've found in troublesome situations or in sad times that if I pretend I'm smiling with my two eyes with a, and I talk about the five eyes as being an eye in the middle of your forehead and they kind of are based on the chakras, so that's kind of where it comes from. But when you imagine you're smiling with your two normal eyes, the eye in the middle of your forehead, so some people might call it your third eye, if you imagine your heart to be smiling, so I imagine an eye there, and if you imagine your belly to be smiling, so I imagine another eye there, it's really hard not to be happy. So if you just imagine five eyes there and they're all smiling, I find it instantly takes me to a place of of fun and laughter and happiness. So that's where that comes from and it does also link to the chakras. 
yeah. a bit. Yeah. Super cool. And like, if you think we're sounding a little bit crazy, like I encourage you to try. I did it while Jen was just um, explaining it and I just felt instantly calmer. It's really, really cool. Yeah. Um, and I linked it to eyes because I thought it'd be cool for the kids if they imagined all these eyes kind of on their bodies. Maybe it sounds a bit freaky. I hope not. Just saying it then. No. I'm like, oh, five eyes. No, but I just wanted it to appeal to the kids and something easy they could do as well and relate to. Yeah, and I was I was I was visualizing that as well. I was like, this is a perfect moment to break in the classroom, and the teacher says, now you know, and get some activity going. Like, can everyone get their smile on with their five eyes? Yeah. And, you know, there's a couple of times in the book where I'm like, how fantastic to have breakaway practices, and gets yeah. you know, and another one. I was wondering if you could tell us about the uh, the stream or the throwing the thoughts into the pond. Uh, absolutely. Um, look this life is all creative and we choose what we want to create in our lives with regards to the way we feel and what we want to focus on. So I talk about in the book, Boomy, the little cave boy, goes to the river with his tribal elder Canelo and his pet Glyptodon, which is a prehistoric armadillo. And Canelo, the tribal elder, teaches Boomy at the end of every day to get his thoughts and to throw them into the river. And the idea of the river is that it's always flowing so when you throw your thoughts into there, you can let them flow away if you choose to. So they throw their thoughts into the river, the good ones and the not-so-good ones, and then they let their not-so-good ones flow away, but then they get out their fishing rods and they reel back in the ones that they want to keep with them, so the thoughts that make them feel safe, secure, make them feel loved, and they reel them back in and then they keep those and they can, you know, sleep with them at night time and feel totally utterly spectacular man not just for the kids i'm going to be doing that too that actually leads perfectly to my next question sarah because okay. i was really curious I've, i found as going through this book and reading the book with the kids that that i felt like i got a lot out of it as well and, <laughs> and i was wondering like to what degree did you write this book for the kids and to what degree did you consider the parents <laughs> as you were writing uh, do you know what i've I've started to coin the book as a adult book, so U L T. So it's for it's kind of kind of a little bit like Winnie the Pooh. Now Winnie the Pooh is a beautiful story for kids, but when you go deep down into it, there's so many messages there for adults. So I've written a series of books. I've written the first five already. Now this first one is probably the most serious because I really wanted to put these lessons in and get them as the basis for the rest of the books to follow, which get a lot more lighter and a lot more traditional narrative style. So this one has probably got a more serious overtone than the rest of them. But these lessons are for young and old. I want these books not just to be for the kids, but for the parents as well. So and maybe the kids can teach the parents something. Who knows? Oh, yeah. Like um, <laughs> kids tell it and see it as it is and, and sometimes that's they just it. pick up the most beautiful gems. So, hey, if we can learn from the kids, that's awesome. Yeah. Jen, I don't know how you did it, but, I mean, obviously you've got a, a written story in there, but let's talk about the illustrations in the book because ah. – they are so beautiful and, I mean, you could flick through the pages and create your own story without reading, but yeah. the, the pictures are so calming and, and soothing as well. Can you tell us about how you sourced an illustrator and maybe a bit about them? Yeah, you know what? This I actually advertised for an illustrator on Elance and I got people to do trial illustrations for me. And I wrote this story back in January and the longest process in getting it 
to print was actually finding the right illustrator because I didn't want to go with just anyone. And I did have people from Australia apply as well, but their illustrations just didn't match my story. Mm. I needed an illustrator that was going to be as passionate about the story and the characters as I was. So this guy, Joe, from America applied and he just he just wanted this job. He wanted it so badly. He put in all this research and he did these trial illustrations for me and he got the story and he just he went for it and it was like it was meant to be so this was his first ever kids book as well wow. and you wouldn't know no you wouldn't he's a beautiful artist and since then I was just speaking to him the other day he's just finished another kids book so go Joe yeah what a gun <laughs> what a gun yeah he's awesome that's fantastic Can you tell us a little bit more about what's on the cards? I think I heard you say books before. Yes. I'm really excited because I've written the first five stories and I plan for this. I think I said it on the last podcast I was on with you. I plan for this to be a series that just is, you know, unlimited. There's so many stories in me. Uh, My dad was a writer and I've always, I used to write a blog with stories about recipes and how all the ingredients met each other. And I plan to do that on the (laughs) Boomy and Friends website as well. Yes. In my heart, I'm a bit of a, I'm a storyteller. So yeah, more books to come. What about, what about. And more puppies. More puppets. More puppets. Oh, yes. I want a freaking cartoon thing. (laughs) I didn't even know what you're asking for, Steve. What are you asking for? Jen, make it into a cartoon. Oh, that would be so amazing. I did film three cooking episodes with Boomy the Puppet, which have been, I think I was talking to you about this last time too, which are finally all edited Everything takes so much time, I must say. You think things will happen in a week and then a year goes by. So I did film some cooking episodes with him, but I would love a cartoon of this. So if there's any animators out there who want to animate stories for me, you know, get in touch. (laughs) I like that. I like that. Hey, Jen, I'd love to ask you more about, is it Canelo, the travel leader? Canelo. He's the next puppet being made. He's being made as we speak. Super exciting! All right, cool. Well, I was sort of, I was just curious about, you know, I guess the the purpose of him in the book and the message that goes with it. You know, seemingly to me, there's a really cool message there about people, you know, asking for help and and utilizing experts to, you know, to get the right information and and you know, it is such a traditional thing, isn't it, to have elders around to help yeah. you with that knowledge. You know, what was your message you were aiming to get across there? You know, Canelo for me is actually. Um, I read a lot from something called the Chinese Tao. So Canelo to me is a bit like, I don't know if you've heard of a guy called Lao Tzu. Mm. So he's a bit of a sage. So he's kind of like the wisdom of the world embodied in his body, so to speak. So that's where Canelo comes from. He's the sage of the stories. And that's it really. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and and was that was that aimed to be a message to kids that that it's good to look for some leaders, some elders to lead you through the path? You know, you don't have to do it all by yourself. Um, look, not intentionally, no. To be honest, <laughs> cool. <laughs> it's awesome how different people read different white. stuff into your book, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. No, I didn't have that intention at all. But yeah, let's go with that. That's a good idea. 
<laughs> so, Jen, you've got all these amazing, beautiful, wonderful messages that, that you know are uplifting and and supportive and, and help kids to gain confidence and and grow into you know even more amazing, wonderful adults. If you could fast forward and and have your ideal scenario, I mean, we spoke a little bit in the intro about like your mission and and what would. It, be like but what will these um children who are going to be growing into adults what will they be like as adults and what will they bring to the world if your you know big grand mission uh, is is achieved or when it's achieved you know you know i i listened to this podcast by a guy called lewis howe and he has this thing called the school of greatness and at the end of every interview he asks people what's your definition of greatness and i always thought if he ever asked me onto his podcast i would say the definition of greatness is just to be able to be yourself. And I think if we bring up a population of kids who are comfortable with being themselves, they don't have to fake it and try and be things that they're not, which is where we get these issues of self-loathing or not liking ourselves. And it's when we come from a place of love and harmony for ourselves that we, we just go about doing great things. And I just also believe that if people were brought up to come from a place at all times of love and kindness for everyone, then I just feel that all the problems of the world would literally disappear. Now, call me a dreamer if you must, but I I kind of like being a dreamer and a bit of an idealist when it comes to that because if you're coming from a place of love and kindness for all, then how can there be any great problems? Mm. So... I guess that kind of answers your question. Yeah. <laughs> Jen, I'm, I'm interested about, about you. What, what do you, can you tell us a little bit about how some, some of the stuff you do to take mm-hmm. care of your mindset, your soul, your um, mental health? Yeah, look, you know what? I talk about in the book, The Woker Bug, and the book is called Boomy and the Woker Bug. And I guess this is my own process I use when I'm trying to, come through difficult times or when I've been dealt with certain situations so what I do I always try to stop and breathe and go within and this is where I talk about smiling with your five eyes so to always realize that your locus of control comes from inside always the only way you can feel something is if you give people or situations permission to so one always stop and get back inside to your true self And then I guess what I do is I start to list the things that I love. So that's the second part of the woke bug is to always listen to the language of love. And when you start thinking of the things you love, then you automatically start to change your attitude and your feelings. Then I'll get into a place of gratitude and I'll start listing all the things I'm grateful for. And when you stop to think about all the things you're grateful for, the list could go on for like a gazillion kilometres, I swear, because there's so much in this world to be grateful for, no matter what the situation. And I've been through some tough times, so I know that no matter what, there is something to be grateful for. And then I get into a place of fascination, which is part four of the woke bug. So when you look at anything, I think it was Einstein or somebody who said, if you spend enough time looking at anything, whether it be a drink bottle or a pen, there's so much to be fascinated about. Like, where did the plastic come from? Who made it? Do they have a dad? You know, are they from Istanbul or where are they from? So that's what I do. And then I guess I go to the next part of the woke bug, which is to not force the world. So to stop trying to force a situation because it's when you try to command spontaneous situations that things just start to lose control. 
And then just go and help someone. If you can't help yourself, go and help someone else and guaranteed you'll instantly feel better. So they're how I kind of help myself. I love that. I love that. It's so cool and it does just come through so beautifully in the book and, and I really love some of these. I mean, the just the concept of fascination I think is such yeah. an important one and, and I think the beautiful thing about that is it really is something that you can learn from your kids. You know, I, yes. I just know when I, when I play with my kids and I observe my kids and you'll just see them and I'll just stop and be just looking at a tree, you know, like it's the yeah. most amazing thing in the world. And and sometimes I do catch myself and just stop and just look with them, and you just you you see it through their eyes, and you see that that awe and that amazement of just that tree and and how it's grown yeah. from one single little seed, and how amazing and perfect it is, and how it's sheltered, and just everything. And the more you look at it, the more and the longer you look at it for, the more it just amazes you and blows you away, and you just remember how cool. You know the world around us, and particularly nature. I think is you know yeah. it's it's such a great thing that we can learn from our kids, isn't it? So so much so. And you know the wonderful thing about kids is they live each day as though it was their first day. You always hear the saying, "Live each day as though it's your last." Well, why not live each day as though it's your first day, and then everything is brand new and totally, utterly spectacular nice. because you've never seen it before. Yeah, it's <laughs> so, so cool. that's yeah, that's a great thing about kids. They're so fascinated by everything. What a great way to inject some excitement, enthusiasm into your day as well, you know, living it as your first yeah. day. That's so cool. Especially when you're doing a repetitive task or something and you just start getting fascinated with whatever if you, I don't know, like in my job I'm cutting up a lot of stuff and if I start to become fascinated just with the chopping board, for example, you know. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, I was a little bit silent because <laughs> I've already fast-forwarded to my working day tomorrow. So, yeah, um, yeah. That's that's really cool, Jen. Um, I'm wondering if you can give us a little teaser of um, what else Boomy might be getting up to in, in the, his future books. Oh, well, so in the next book we go into the village. So in this book I introduce the village of Trogville, but we don't actually go into it. So in the next book we go down into the village and we learn about, and this is getting more back to maybe a paleo side of it because we look at how the people live by the seasons um, and what they do in each season. And we also learn it's kind of got a little bit of a Flintstone-ish thing about it because I try to take everyday objects we use now and say how they would have done it back then in the Paleolithic age. And then in the next books we get introduced to his friends. So there's about four more characters that will be introduced in the third book and each different character has their own little personality and their own little, I'm not sure what you'd call it, they've got their own little issue and we, Boomy's always like the simple, humble character who helps them to overcome their challenges. So that's what's to come in the next books. Awesome, awesome. I'm so Yay. looking forward to that because of the, what is it, what's the word you gave it, the cadult the oh, the adult, yeah, the adult <laughs> book, the kids slash adult book. Yeah, no, that's awesome. Um, what I'm really excited about, and I'd love to hear your take on it, um, you know, something that you see around the place a lot with positive affirmation Facebook pages you might follow or something like that is, you know, uh -huh. these, these follow your dreams, like find yeah. what you love doing and then do more of that. And yeah, that, very that can, Joseph Campbell. That can be a really tricky disconnect for some people or, or the opposite, a really tricky to, to connect 
situation because maybe they're living a, a paradigm or a system that didn't really indulge that and it's something that just got switched off you know like work is just work you need to earn a living mm-hmm. you need to pay your mortgage Mm-hmm. What what advice have you got, or what sort of shake up or wake up have you got for people with regards to moving more towards discovering what it is you're here to do and how to do it? Oh, that's a really good question. Big question. Um, <laughs> what advice? I think the one thing that holds people back the most is definitely fear. And I understand people have got to pay bills and that sort of thing. But sometimes you don't know what you're capable of or what can happen unless you step out of the comfort zone. So my advice would be just to give it a little nudge. If you don't want to take – I took a massive leap personally myself. I'm an all-or-nothing person. So I left teaching and went, that's it. So I took a massive leap of faith. But not everyone has to do that, you know. Just give it a little nudge. Give it a go and see how the world responds because I, I have found in my own experiences when we start to follow our path that our heart guides us down, opportunities and people appear that you would never have dreamed of. So just start testing the waters and just see what happens. You don't have to do everything at once. It's not a race. You don't, it's not a race to a finish line. Just give it a go. That's really good advice. Just have a go. Um, yeah. Yeah, that's awesome. That's what I used to say to my kids in the classroom as well. Yeah. Have a go. <laughs> that's it. That's it. And if you fail, you well, it's not really a failure, but you just learn, don't you? That's just it. Swim. Yeah, and new perspective, mm. new, new challenge, new opportunities. Um, yeah. Well, Jim, Thank you so much for taking the time to, to have a chat to us about your new and, and just beautiful books. Yeah. We wish you all the best and, and get ready because I guarantee they will be going like hotcakes, which we're super excited about for you. Yeah. Thank you. So um, as you know, we've all been lucky enough to preview Jen's beautifully illustrated, thoughtful and inspired book. And the love and beautiful messages literally jump off the pages as you turn them. And we think that it is the perfect children's gift and certainly an asset to any bookshelf. And that's probably also a spoiler alert for anyone in my family wondering what they're getting for Christmas (laughs) this year. (laughs) So um, to find out more about Boomy and the Wokabuck or to get your hands on your very own copy visit boomyandfriends.com and that's B-U-M-I. You'll remember it because it's not bummy. That's it. (laughs) (laughs) And um, help Jen out and be a part of this amazing mission to educate and feed the nation and share the love by showing your support. Um, You can head over to Facebook to follow Boomy and Friends that have have their very own page and you'll also find Boomy and Friends on Instagram and Twitter. And finally, I have to, I just have to talk about the deliciousness that is Rumble's Ah. Paleo. (laughs) If you haven't tried the Rumble's Caveman in inspired treats we strongly recommend that you wrap your life in gear around some quick smart um, all of rumble's paleo products are 100 percent gluten and dairy free so whether you're looking to stock up on healthy snacks for your kids lunch boxes impress your mates when they drop in for an unexpected visit um, or even stock rumble's treats in your own cafe or shop check out their website which is rumblespaleo.com uh, for more information and um the that paleo show certainly have uh, uh, the crew have sampled our fair share of um, delicious rumbles and uh, we promise you that uh, you can 
taste the love and goodness in every morsel of their irresistible creations. So um, we hope you enjoyed the show as much as we did. Remember, you can join the conversation by liking that Paleo Show on Facebook and following us on Instagram. Until next week, continue to share your story and help to grow the Paleo tribe worldwide. Hi, it's Damien Christoph here. If you're loving the Wellness Couch podcast, then you'll absolutely love our special once-only free four-part webinar series starting Thursday, October 30. Join me and my Wellness Guys co-host plus Marcus Pierce from 100 Not Out and Inside the Champion's Mind as we dive deep into the hot topics of wellness over four consecutive weeks. Brett Hill will kick us off by showing you how to be fab and fit in five. I'll be presenting What the F and discussing the big bad F words when it comes to food. Lawrence Tam will leave you inspired with a magnificent mindset and MP will reveal his 10-step formula to mastering your life. These webinars are absolutely free and they go for an hour each and they take place every Thursday night from October 30 until November 20. To get access, you must sign up. So simply go to www.thewellnesscouch.com or check out The Wellness Couch on Facebook. Whilst The Wellness Couch presenter endeavour to provide accurate and helpful information to their listeners, these podcasts cannot take into account individual circumstances and are not intended to be a substitute for health and medical advice from a qualified health professional. You should always seek the advice of a qualified health professional before acting on any of the information provided by any of The Wellness Couch podcasts.